Yeah, the U.S. is sanctioning Syria to death. It's driven something like over 80% of the population into extreme poverty, uh, food scarcity. The economy's wrecked. The situation for the leadership of Syria, well, they're going to find f food. You know, that's not who this is targeting. U.S. Caesar sanctions aim to starve the population into submission while US, the U.S. military, which is coming under attack around Al-Tanaf and other areas in northeastern Syria, is stealing Syria's oil, shipping it out through Iraq, smuggling it out and selling it on the international market in order to starve Syria while occupying wheat fields to prevent Syria from being able to address the food crisis. They're doing it openly and explicitly. And here comes Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who justifiably cried for the genocide in Gaza, who is Palestinian. Over 600,000 Syrians have been killed, she said, which is a, a totally fake and manipulated number that I'll talk about. Yes, many Syrians have been killed, but she's manipulating the data in a idiotic way in a propagandistic way. I introduced the Justice for Syrians resolution to push for the UN to finally hold war criminal Assad accountable for his crimes against humanity at an ad hoc international court of law, which won't be an international court of law. It will be ad hoc, which means that it will be placed in a place like, put in a place like Germany uh, and overseen by Western intelligence because an international court of law would never go along with this. We demand justice for the Syrian people, and she's speaking on behalf of Syria. Madam. 600, 600,000 killed. It has been over a decade since the start of the Syrian civil war, and victims of numerous horrific crimes committed during the conflict are still waiting for justice. In recent months, regional powers and dictators have sought to sweep the, the war criminal, the Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad, al hideous, I mean, horrific crimes under the rug, and welcome him back into the international arena. Shame. Oh no, Syria will become part of the Arab League? Oh, that would be horrible. Let's continue sanctioning them. Assad's regime committed some of the worst atrocities of the 21st century, including using chemical weapons, literally, on his own people, his own people, and widespread use of torture, horrific torture, on his own people. I introduced the Justice for Syrians resolution and urge my colleagues to bring it to the floor for a vote. The bill directs the U.S. through the United Nations to finally hold the war criminal Assad accountable for crimes against humanity for an ad hoc international court of law. This is critical. Please join me in demanding justice for our Syrian people and our families that are directly impacted that live here in the United States and push and hold war criminals like Assad accountable for their crimes against humanity. So, I mean... Uh I want to hear your reaction, but my initial takeaway is that speech was just handed to her. She read it without emotion. She's doing it to uh, to restore some of her cre credibility inside the Beltway. She, I mean, my, you know, when I when I was in fourth grade, I could read a speech better than that. She'd never seen it before. It looked like, uh, and any emo the emotion she tried to feign when referencing chemical attacks was not even there so um it's just amazing 
the the Syria dirty war is to me the most censored U.S. war I've ever seen. You just cannot acknowledge the basic facts that uh, the U. This is the most expensive covert war in the CIA's history. Uh, One dollar out of every fifteen dollars in the CIA's budget went to funneling weapons to sectarian death squads in Syria, and that led to a massive war. Where yes, Syria and its allies responded, and as we've seen by visiting there, it left you know parts of the country in ruins. But the part that gets omitted in, by Rashida Tlaib and the people who pair this line is the is her own government's role. So she talks about justice for Syrians. What, what about justice for Syrians who are victimized by death squads funded by our government and that are still victimized by the Israeli government when it bombs Syria regularly in joint strikes with the U.S.? Which is, for a Palestinian, I know that the issue of Syria really divided people on the left and inside the Palestinian community. There are plenty of grievances people have with the government there, and there's no doubt people have suffered under it. But how can you go and join forces with Israel uh, to terrorize the country, which is what Rashida Tlaib is doing. The same people are committing. She's siding with the people who are genociding her people. Um, and she, in the process, she repeats the typical Iraq WMD level lies uh, that Syria used chemical weapons, which are just, it's a classic, it's a classic case of atrocity propaganda to justify US backed atrocities. Same as what happened in Iraq. All the evidence that we have of these allegations of chemical weapons by Syria shows that these were either carried out in attacks by insurgents or in the case of Duma in 2018, that that was uh, staged, that there actually wasn't a chemical attack there. And there's so much evidence to support this. It's completely whitewashed and ignored by the U.S. media, but it's all there. We've documented it. Nobody refutes us because they can't. It's all based there in leaks, especially from the OPCW, the top chemical watchdog, which investigated all this. So it's amazing to me that somebody who is Palestinian and um, she seems genuinely committed to her people's cause, can side with the very same neocons uh, who are trying to exterminate her people. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And by the way, isn't there an Israeli... T- Max, I believe I read this in something you wrote a while ago. Isn't Israel deeply actually implicated in the in this whole chemical weapons scam to begin with? Wasn't this kind of their idea to uh, basically accuse Assad of chemical attacks and that could be a way to justify intervention? I, I, wrote it, I wrote about it back in like 2011 or 2012. The yeah. red line, their idea was is, Israeli intelligence was lobbying for a red line for a long time before yeah. it even entered the kind of U.S. zeitgeist. And they were putting forward, you know, the, if you remember early on in October, these leaked phone conversations that would supposedly feature two Hamas operatives saying, uh, yeah. Yanni, there are uh, rockets under the hospital, uh, you know, and they're speaking in a Le- Lebanese accent. It's totally fake. They had they 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 dropped some recording with uh, like Mahar Assad, Bashar's brother, uh, supposedly instructing a tank division under his command to fire the chemical weapons. That was Israeli intelligence, and it was just as bogus. So yes, uh, and then you know you have the Caesar deception. The Caesar sanctions are based on a gigantic deception. A guy in a blue North Face parka where his face was covered was brought to Washington. They said he was a military photographer for the Syrian quote unquote regime and that he had taken all brought smuggled all these photos out showing all of these dead, you know, people brutally tortured by Assad's thugs. Um, in real I mean, in reality, he was smuggled out 
through a CIA and Qatari intelligence operation. Qatar paid for all of the photographs to be uh, supposedly vetted and transferred. And uh, the photos didn't actually show what they claimed. Half of the photos, according to even Human Rights Watch, showed people who had been killed often in car accidents or by the Western and Gulf-funded death squads. Yeah. Uh, they also showed many people killed in combat. And these photos were all put up around Congress. And the guy was brought in this blue jumpsuit where you couldn't see his face to testify. His translator was Muaz Mustafa, who is a the uh, U.S. intelligence asset, the Syrian Western intelligence asset, who brought John McCain on his notorious illegal trip to Syria. And uh, then they passed this bill sanctioning Syria, which they've just extended to something like 2035, thanks to Rashida Tlaib, which will undoubtedly kill and starve hundreds of thousands of Syrians and prevent rebuilding, including in areas where people don't even support the government, but are under the Syrian government, the internationally recognized Syrian government's control. So Rashida Tlaib, while she's failed to actually save any Palestinians despite her best efforts, and we can give her credit for those efforts, has actually successfully managed to sign away the lives of untold numbers of Syrians and Palestinians who are living in Syria, uh, which has treated Palestinian refugees better than, for example, the government, the official government of Lebanon. So this, it's just disgusting hypocrisy. This is Beltway uh, Palestine advocacy at its worst, and she deserves to be challenged on it. And you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I would hope to do so. Yeah, and just to be clear, so this this act she's introducing here is called the Justice for Syrians Act, but she talks about creating some ad hoc tribunal. There was another vote this week for the so-called Assad regime anti-normalization act. And that's the one that, you know, is really most aggressive in cementing the Caesar sanctions and explicitly targeting reconstruction. It's right there in the text saying exactly. that, you know, that's disgusting. And, yeah. And uh, Rashid Tlaib voted for the Assad regime anti-normalization act, which really means the normalization of sadism against Syrian civilians. That's what that really means. So she, but other members of the squad didn't, she some, you know, she voted for it. So she can't even say that, you know, she's really just trying to pursue uh, you know, ad hoc justice here. She's also explicitly voting for these sadistic sanctions. And by the way, what she also did, speaking of sort of placating neocon uh, agendas, she got up on the floor, I believe this week as well, and basically bought into the sexual violence propaganda about Hamas, saying that she, she was critical of a measure condemning Hamas for alleged sexual violence, but on the grounds that it didn't also condemn Israel's uh, sexual violence against Palestinians, but she bought, she basically accepted the premise that in the first place that Hamas is guilty of sexual violence when, as we've shown, all the claims that have been adduced so far to support that are unsupported and are contradicted by the available facts. And she could have just, if she didn't want to challenge it because it's too sensitive, fair enough, but instead she actually accepted the premise that the allegation is true even when it's not. So that was the another example. With, of, the same thing happened with Ilhan Omar. She, you know, she opposed a resolution recognizing Israel as an exclusively Jewish state. Uh, and then uh, she was lobbied by the Israel lobby by one of its top tools in Congress, Josh Gottheimer, Democrat from New Jersey. He took personal credit for this and she removed her opposition. So, I mean, all of even the like most supposedly hardcore members of the squad 
can be gotten at and they've been gotten at. And so it's just a black pill moment for the whole Democratic Party right now. Uh, and, you know, and I feel honestly, I, I feel bad criticizing her because she is under constant attack by the worst people in the world. And I know it's hard to be a Palestinian American member of the house. Like she's under a lot of different, you know, I, I have genuine empathy for her and appreciation of her tough position, but I'm sorry. Certain things are just like, I, like we can't see an action like this when you're voting for sadistic sanctions on suffering people. And we can't let that slide. That has to be called out, especially by the way, if it's serving the, the very same uh, neocons and Israeli government that are, that are genociding her people. I mean, that just has to be opposed. 